Welcome to Heme Talks, Conversations in Hematology Education, a podcast series brought to you by the American Society of Hematology. In Season 2 of Heme Talks, we present Impact 2, Impacting Multiple Myeloma in All Communities, supported by an independent educational grant from GlaxoSmithKline. As medical professionals, we need education on implementing strategies to diminish treatment barriers and foster shared decision-making when caring for patients with multiple myeloma from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. This podcast will focus on improving the ability to distinguish differences in factors which impact mortality and survival outcomes in patients with multiple myeloma from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. I'm your host, Dr. Azim Faruqi, a community medical oncologist with Ironwood Cancer and Research Centers in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm joined by Dr. Urvi Shah, who is an assistant attending on the Myeloma Service at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Thank you for being here, Dr. Shah. It's great to be here with you, Dr. Faruqi. look forward to this discussion. So to start, Dr. Shah, just to get some background, could you tell us the age-adjusted incidence rate of myeloma by the latest race and ethnicity trends? Sure. The CR five-year age-adjusted incidence rates are uh, quite different by race. So for non-Hispanic Blacks, it's about 14.4 cases per 100,000 individuals. And that's the highest incidence in non-Hispanic Blacks. What we do see is um, non-Hispanic American Indians or Alaska Natives are about 7 per 100,000, similar to Hispanics. And the lowest incidence is in non-Hispanic Asians and Pacific Islanders at around 4 per 100,000. And lastly, non-Hispanic whites are closer to about 6.4 per 100,000. So what we do see is non-Hispanic Blacks have a significantly higher rate than other races. And there's also been some rising incidence, especially in some of these minority populations like non-Hispanic Blacks, non-Hispanic American Indians, and Asian Pacific Islanders. Interesting. Now, could you please share the mortality by race in the general population who have myeloma? Sure. Yeah. Based on uh, data from the CDC and SEER, Black and American Indian or Alaska Native populations actually have the highest mortality in the general population and in myeloma as well. What are some distinguishing presenting characteristics of Hispanic, Asian, Black, or Native American patients diagnosed with multiple myeloma compared to white patients? Yeah, so some of the clinical features that are different uh, based on CR data, one thing that really jumps out is the median age of diagnosis. Non-Hispanic Blacks, non-Hispanic American Indians, and Hispanic patients have a median age of 66 years compared to white patients that have a median age of about 71 years. Also, Black and Hispanic patients often have more advanced disease at the time of initiation of treatment compared to white patients. And this can be seen in um, a couple of studies just to give you some examples. So looking at the nine ECOG and SWOG trials for newly diagnosed myeloma, non-Hispanic Black patients had significantly higher rates of anemia and elevated LDH or lactate dehydrogenase compared to non-Hispanic whites. And this was published in Blood Cancer Journal in 2018. And then there is another more recent uh, SEER study in Hematologica in 2023 showing that, that 
and Hispanic and non-Hispanic black patients have higher early two-year mortality rates compared to white patients, suggesting again that um, they may have more advanced disease at presentation and a lower median age as well. Thank you for that. That's very interesting information and, you know, quite striking differences. You know, in, in this day and age, you know, risk stratification and genetic testing has become such a forefront in oncology. What would you say are some factors that affect survival and mortality outcomes in patients with multiple myeloma from underrepresented racial and ethnic populations? Sure, Dr. Faruqi, that's a good question. Um, Underrepresented groups possibly have lower incidence of high-risk mutations, and I'll discuss some uh, studies around this topic. A case of a patient that I saw in clinic recently comes to mind. This patient was a black patient with um, standard risk multiple myeloma, so no high-risk mutations. However, the patient had uncontrolled uh, diabetes, leading to numerous complications such as neuropathy, and cardiovascular disease affecting the patient's outcome and survival. And often these poor outcomes in um, underrepresented groups is related to comorbidities as well, which we'll talk about later um, in this podcast. For genetic risk factors, uh, race can sometimes be defined by two different methods. The most common method is self-reported race, and some genomic studies now calculate percentage genetic ancestry with genomic sequencing data. In a study from the Mayo Clinic that self-reported race, there was a lower incidence of deletion 17p translocation 414 in black compared to white patients, and this was published in 2015 in Blood Cancer Journal. Similarly, in a study from Montefiore that evaluated Hispanics, there was a lower incidence of high-risk cytogenetics um, compared to non-Hispanic whites and a higher incidence of stage 1 disease in these patients. Other cytogenetic abnormalities were not different. We also know um, in other studies looking at the MMRF COMPASS data where they looked at the differences based on genetic ancestry, they saw lower incidence of P53 mutations. So while there's still a lot of research going into this area, I think the main findings that we see is that Black patients and possibly Hispanic as well have lower incidence of these high-risk genetic features such as 17P deletion, possibly. And there's a lot more to learn in this space and ongoing research. Now, could you also share with us um, some of the factors that affect survival and mortality outcomes within the racial and ethnic underrepresented populations who have multiple myeloma? Sure. Some of the factors that affect survival and mortality outcomes in race and ethnic patients um, can be affected by multiple different factors. Multiple studies, including the one from the VA health system, showed that when black patients receive equal access to care, they may have better survival than white patients. And similar findings were also seen with Hispanic patients at Montefiore who had better survival than the non-Hispanic white when they had similar access to care. Another very large study published in Blood Cancer Journal in 2022, looking at the SEER Medicare data, showed that non-Hispanic Black and non-Hispanic White patients had similar survival when they were matched for demographics and socioeconomic status. Um, but when also matched for treatment and disease presentation, non-Hispanic Black patients actually had better survival. 
this is very similar findings in the MMRF COMPASS study looking at black patients. They were less likely to receive triplet and transplant and so had a worse survival. But then again, when they looked at if the patients got the same treatment, there was really no difference in overall survival. And uh, this was also published in Blood Cancer Journal in 2020. A year prior to that in blood advances in 2019, actually looking at CR Medicare population showed that there was um, a delay from the time of the index myeloma diagnosis to the date of novel therapy initiation or transplant as well for minority populations where uh, it was about 2.7 months for white patients and it was almost double at 5.2 months for black and 4.6 months for Hispanic patients, again, suggesting delay in care. To add to this disparity, when we look at clinical trials, Black or African-American and Hispanic patients are significantly underrepresented in clinical trials, more than 15 to 20% difference in the SEER incidence rates and clinical trial enrollment proportions. This was published in the Journal of Clinical Oncology in 2022. So just to summarize, I think there is a delay often in access to care or longer time before treatment initiation. And also, um, if they have similar access to care, then survival can be similar or even better. And um, we need to help these patients enroll onto trials at a similar rate to the incidence. That's very important information. And honestly, a lot of what you've just discussed is really getting to the crux of why we are doing this podcast series, because there are such clear differences in things like morbidity and survival. And this is such an area that requires further attention. Regarding what you said about clinical trials, we actually will be having that covered in other episodes where we discuss different ways to increase clinical trial enrollment among underrepresented populations. Also, for our listeners, if you are looking to get more information, we do have case-based modules located at the ASH Academy, which you can access and gain more insight from. Um, now, another thing that I've noticed in my clinical practice with myeloma is that a patient's health at baseline definitely can affect their overall treatment outcomes. What can you tell us about comorbidities in these underrepresented populations? So some of the very common comorbidities that we see in the U.S. population and worldwide now is obesity, diabetes, and poor nutrition. Um, so when we think about obesity, um, CDC data shows that non-Hispanic Blacks have the highest prevalence and about 49.9% of the population are, is obese. And um, the lowest is in Asians, which is about 16% of the population. And this has been rising over the last decades. We also know that obesity is linked to the risk of myeloma and is one of the 13 cancers that have been linked to obesity. And extreme BMI um, in a publication that we published last year suggests a trend to a worse overall survival as well. Additionally, when we think about before a myeloma develops and MGUS and the risk of progression to myeloma, there are two studies, one in blood advances in 2017 and GNCI 2017. Both of them show that obesity almost doubles the risk hazard ratios of 1.9 to 2.6 uh, in terms of doubling the risk of progression from MGUS to myeloma. Another comorbidity we can, um, you know, that's quite prevalent is diabetes. And diabetes also has a high incidence, a prevalence rate of about 12.5% uh, in non-Hispanic Blacks. 
and 8.5% in non-Hispanic whites, so much lower there again. And diabetes has been linked to increased risk of myeloma in some studies. And we published this year in Blood Advances, showing that it is associated with worse outcomes as well. Lastly, when we think about dietary quality, there is a healthy eating index that is calculated for the U.S. population and a higher healthy eating index, meaning a higher score, is a healthier diet. And when we look at the scores for patients, you know, 100 is the perfect diet based on the guidelines and um, non-Hispanic blacks have a score of about 54 um, Asian 65 and non-Hispanic whites about 57. So you can see the lowest score is for non-Hispanic blacks where there is lower intake of adequate fruits, vegetables and whole grains. And pre-diagnosis diet quality has also been linked in epidemiologic studies to the risk of myeloma, MGUS and myeloma related mortality after a diagnosis as well. Lastly, we had um, published last year looking at how diet and microbiome factors could have affect sustained MRD negativity or the likelihood of being in complete remission. And we did see an association between the microbiome and healthier dietary factors, suggesting again that diet may be something that could modify risk. While these are all early studies and lots more needs to be researched in this area, I think we all know that there are differences by race and this is something we could do to help patients um, live better. Those statistics really highlight not only the disparities in myeloma, but the overarching health disparities that we have kind of within our healthcare system. And another aspect that I've seen clinically, and I, I bet a lot of other doctors can attest to as well, is how socioeconomic status can affect patients. Have you come across any data regarding socioeconomic status and outcomes in myeloma? Yes, definitely. And, you know, a case of a patient that I saw in clinic recently comes to mind as well, where this patient was a non-Hispanic black young patient who recently went through a divorce and also moved to come closer to his family and his parents to live with them while getting treatment with this new diagnosis of cancer, but simultaneously had um, a lower socioeconomic status and um, had issues with trying to manage coming in for treatments and all of that. So I think in this patient, you can see multiple factors at play, which we need to work on as a team with um, social work, nutrition, everything together. So when we think about socioeconomic status, um, this is another driver of disparities where Blacks, Hispanics, and American Indians are less likely to have undergraduate, graduate professional or doctorate degrees, and also significantly lower annual incomes than Asian or white counterparts. Patients with the highest tertile of socioeconomic status also had better overall survival than the lower, lowest tertile in a study looking at Sear and Washington University databases. And this was published many years ago in 2015. And um, similarly, insurance status, location of care, income have also affected overall survival in um, another study published in Cancers in 2021. Thank you for that information. Now, I know we covered a great deal of topics, but could you describe a few key take-home messages for our listeners? Sure. So I think we talked about, you know, the differences in incidence, the differences in mortality, the diagnosis age, genetic differences such as um, lower incidence of high-risk features, the delay in treatment initiation leading to um, differences in outcomes, 
and as well as socioeconomic status, comorbidities, dietary quality and clinical trial participation. So I think we see these disparities and differences really at every stage of treatment and care. And it is important for us as physicians and the healthcare team to first be aware of these differences. And then once we are aware of them, we can think about strategies to mitigate them and to provide equitable care to all our patients. Thank you so much, Dr. Shah, and thank you all for listening to this episode of ASH Impact 2, a discussion about identifying factors that impact outcomes for patients with multiple myeloma who come from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. We hope you found this discussion informative and engaging. Please tune in to our other podcast episodes for insightful discussions about multiple myeloma and underrepresented populations and their survival outcomes, as well as treatment considerations. You can find the full list of podcast episodes at hematology.org.